Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. It's Friday, May 12th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Soldiers at Fort Leonard Wood are assessing new remote-controlled robots to use in combat. And safe soldiers, you know, wear and tear, you're saving lives. And their efficiency goes up for other jobs that we can put them in. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All will tell us about the high-tech gear that could help look for bombs and clear a path for troops. It's the final day of this year's regular session of the Missouri Legislature. As St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports, a slowdown in the state Senate is threatening major priorities. A group of conservative Missouri senators have been delaying uncontroversial bills for most of the week. And that means the legislature hasn't completed work on measures overhauling education policy, foreign ownership of farmland, or the threshold to pass constitutional amendments. Senator Bill Eigel of St. Charles County said on Wednesday that it may be wishful thinking to expect resolution on controversial issues in the final hours of session. We are in the highest part of the chaotic actions of this bill. And I don't know. I mean, there are, there are points, there have been points today where I wonder if anything else is going to pass. Lawmakers have until 6 p.m. on Friday to finish work. In Jefferson City, I'm Jason Rosenbaum. St. Louis Public Radio. And sports betting still has life in Jefferson City. Senator Eigel says his bill to cut personal property taxes is being held up by some hoping to add legal wagering to that legislation. Lawmakers have come to an agreement to curtail texting while driving. The state Senate has approved a measure that would fine drivers who text while committing a traffic infraction like speeding. State Senator Nick Schroer of St. Charles County supports the proposal. If you're going to cross the center line, if you're going to break other laws, yes, you could be pulled over and you could uh, have that used against you, but just simply having it on your lap or in your hand or in your pocket, it's not going to be a violation on its own. The bill includes other motor vehicle provisions and is going to Governor Mike Parson. Students at Gateway STEM High School in St. Louis are rallying for an end to gun violence. St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke reports they walked out of class yesterday to keep a sustained focus on the issue. More than 200 kids filed out of Gateway STEM's building to rally on the school's football field. Sakani Gillespie is a senior and helped organize the demonstration. She has two sisters who go to Central Visual and Performing Arts High School. They were there when a shooter killed two people last year. Gillespie also lost her mother to gun violence. I just want our students to be able to feel like they can be a change because that's what my mom fought really hard for. More than six months after the shooting at CVPA, these students want to make sure gun violence issues remain top of mind. No more violence! I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio. A school district in O'Fallon, Illinois, has authorized an independent investigation into how an elementary school custodian was rehired after being charged with felony assault in Oklahoma. He's the son of District 90 Assistant Superintendent Joy Wills. St. Louis Public Radio's Will Bauer reports. Christian Wills was charged in Oklahoma in early January with one count of assault and battery with a dangerous weapon. After Wills got out of jail, he was hired as a custodian in February. He had previously worked for the district. 
Parents who learned of the charge against him voiced their concerns about Will's employment at a school board meeting. The O'Fallon Weekly, which covered the meeting, reported he no longer works for the district. The district does require background checks every five years. According to the newspaper, Wills passed a check when he was first hired. Whether he passed another check earlier this year is unclear. The district did not comment on the situation, citing the ongoing investigation. Joy Wills and her son's attorney also declined to comment. In O'Fallon, Illinois, I'm Will Bauer, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Charles County is reporting its first case of rabies since 2020. A bat found this week in a Lake St. Louis home tested positive. The homeowner was not bitten, but public health officials are deciding if treatment is needed. It's the seventh positive case in Missouri this year. Rabies symptoms in people include fever, body aches, and possible brain swelling. Human deaths in the U.S. are rare because of effective treatment. A St. Louis environmental organization is teaching farmers and students of color about air quality monitoring. Climate Changes is placing monitoring machines on schools and farms in historically polluted areas throughout the region. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson speaks with one farmer about why she wants to monitor pollution. Well, I'm trying to think about, like, where the best place for it would be. Jenny Lewis is the founder of Rustic Roots Sanctuary, a farm in Spanish Lake. She's setting up an air quality machine on her property to monitor air pollution. The machine tracks fine particulate matter released through combustion. Lewis grows fruits and vegetables. She's worried about the unseen pollution from the Mississippi River. You can do everything in your power to make sure the food is organically grown and no toxic chemicals are put on them, but if they're in the air, then obviously it's still going to affect the quality of your food. Lewis says knowing when our air is clean or polluted will give her peace of mind. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. The armed forces are always looking for ways to use technology to help accomplish their missions and increase soldier safety. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports Missouri's Fort Leonard Wood has been hosting reviews this week of two new remote-controlled options for troops working in hostile environments. In combat operations, removing obstacles for safe passage of troops is an essential function, but that usually includes putting soldiers in harm's way. But a new piece of equipment could change that. The TRX looks kind of like a tank on the bottom, but the top is a flat platform that can hold a variety of equipment, like a plow blade that can ram a car and knock it off a road. And an arm that can pick up a car or other debris and move it out of the way. But there are no soldiers on that vehicle. It's being operated from a safe point a couple hundred yards away. Lieutenant Bradley Turner is one of the soldiers giving the new technology a run-through. He says it could be a huge benefit when combat engineers are called in to move debris. It takes a lot of effort from soldiers. It can wear them out. It takes time. If you have a, a robot like this, it can really improve the efficiency of that and save soldiers you know, wear and tear. You're saving lives. And their efficiency goes up for other jobs that we can put them in. The other technology under review this week is smaller and cuter. Spot is a robot that looks a lot like a dog, and the Army is testing out how it can be operated to look for bombs, enemies in hiding, or anything else that can be a threat. It's so nimble it can trot upstairs. 
Major Ryan Plemons is part of the team working with Spot. He says he can already see better opportunities than other robots the Army has tried out. Like northern Afghanistan where I operated, um, half of the time we left our robot in the truck because you couldn't take it down the steep rocky trails and things like that, where this uh, does a better job of doing that. Soldiers working with Spot and the TRX this week are giving feedback to the designers and engineers with the private companies so they can make modifications as they develop equipment for the military. At Fort Leonard Wood, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. We have photos of the TRX and Spot on our website, stlpr.org. The legacy of colonialism is still present in Missouri. Cassidy Arena has the story of a St. Louis group hoping to bring this memory to light. People quietly chatter as a video of a jazz club plays out loud. Photography covers most of the walls. It's all part of a showcase by the reparative project called Memory for the Future, based out of Washington University. The year-long workshop studies histories and legacies of colonialism, slavery, and genocide in Missouri. Here's Jeff Ward, one of the co-leads of the lab, on reparative memory work. People often mistake these kinds of efforts as merely symbolic sorts of gestures that don't have substantive significance, that don't involve, say, the redistribution of wealth or the creation of policy that uh, addresses issues like systematic violence today. But our thinking is that we need this change in the cultural valuational realm. The Studio Lab participants traveled throughout the state and the region to inform their work, which features a podcast about black communities who lived through failed housing projects and restoring grave markers in black cemeteries. Jeet Pita is a participant who created a digital map of Mexican-American history in St. Louis and the Midwest. It's called Siempre Hemos Estado Aquí. We have always been here. These are topics that apply to the Latin experience and the Mexican experience in the United States as a whole. The leaders of the Humanities Lab hope to continue this reparative work for Missouri communities and hope the memories the lab highlights can better impact the state in the future. I'm Cassidy Arena. Cassidy is a reporter at member station KBIA in Columbia. Our Brian Moline edited that report from Jonathan All. Ashley Listenby is the news director of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.